And now it's time for the jambalaya with the kingfish. The jambalaya is sponsored by Guns and Gear, a proud sponsor of the Mississippi Scholastic Shooting Program that provides competition events for high schools across the state. Bring your student's gun to Guns and Gear for custom shotgun fittings, repair, and even complete restoration. They can adjust the length of the pool for your kids as they continue to grow. Guns and Gear, located on the corner of Yandale Road and Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. Follow them on Facebook for daily deals. By the way, what is this we're drinking again? All right, so we're drinking Russell's Reserve. This is some of the y'all lifestyle, okay? That's right. Let me let me turn this around. Russell's let me see this Reserve boy. Single Barrel. It's wild. This is some good stuff. Premium. This is some good stuff. This is smooth. Yeah, real smooth. Premium line. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Russell's Reserve Single Barrel. Who sells it here in town? Um, Briarwood Wine and Spirits. Briarwood, they're one of my sponsors. Nate Dog, go go there. Yeah, and many others have it. Okay, never seen it before. Yeah, look, I go to get my Makers, go get my Woodford. You know, that's good bourbon too. This. They're really pushing. And half the time I'm getting it given as it's given as a gift to me anyway, so I just stick with it. Damn right. Although Moscona's got me on the Sazerac rye, though I have gotten a, developed an appreciation yeah, for that I've got one. Yeah, a bottle of that over there. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One, one friend of mine. I like rye, but I don't love it. But that that Sazerac rye. I is like rye. Hot. I like rye. Yeah. Fact, and rye is. Oh, by the way, the other there's two other bottles over there. Yeah. Um, one of those is a small batch rye. Oh, nice. I may have to send you home with one. Nice. Um, one friend of mine a few years ago, I still haven't opened the bottle, but you know that uh, liquor store down in Hattiesburg? Yeah. And uh, Jamie. Uh, yeah, that's the one. I that's the one. Jamie See, at, you notice how I don't even have to name these places. He knows where they are. You notice Jamie, that, folks. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. And they get special stuff all the time. Oh, he's a beast. He, oh, he's a rock star. I'm on, the, the I'm on their email list now, and it's yeah. fun to read. And one time he gave me this, my friend gave me this bottle from there, and it was rye, and it was like either 100 or 120 proof. Well, hello. <laughs> I mean, usually I think what rye is what, like 80, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, you didn't need any mouthwash for a week. Oh, hell no. I mean, <laughs> it, I, yeah, you, I mean, this stuff might have killed the COVID for crying out loud. I'm not joking. I mean, this stuff was, yeah, I had the Keither on my my first one to Keither Stamps, and oh, I'd warned him ahead funny. of time, and he brought the ice. I brought the yeah. glasses, and um, we brought, I had, we brought Blanton's. Oh well, Blanton's, and he, fantastic. man, he was loving this. It's stuff. a little <laughs> crazy, but but what's fun this is, is good. and I'm glad you mentioned this is mm-hmm. this Russell's Reserve Single Barrel. But any of it that you and I are talking about, because you and I were talking on the phone earlier, and mm-hmm. the whole boutique bourbon game is yeah. fun. It's fun for for a guy to bring over a bottle and go, "Hey, have you tried this?" Yeah, and you're like, "No," and boom. It's amazing how many of these. Remember red- when we were growing up? How rough around the edges street? I mean, it was like Jim Beam, Evan Williams. Seven well, as for and you seven. guys, Bell and Baton Rouge were a little bit more. We knew. Oh, BS. We knew what the. We knew what the, BS. We all knew what Jack Daniels was. Oh God. Put it that way. All right. But yeah, you didn't have. But this is fun. The the bur- the. The high school, what was I drinking? High school, what was I drinking? Seagram's, Canadian Seven Miss, Canadian Awful. Miss, CC. So much fun. The chicks you. all like CC. Um, Canadian, cl- what's it called? Canadian, Canadian Club? Club, yeah. Oh. They, they like it with their Sprite. God. And then Crown, always Crown. Yeah, people are drinking Crown. Huh? You don't see Crown as much today. You don't. Mike Leach likes a, a glass of Crown, but uh, so, you know, I tell you what's funny is how many I've heard how many politicians or legislators guy. said they started drinking. Makers after they would hang out with Haley. Yeah, 
So I've had yeah, the that's Haley's to, Haley's to, favorite is makers. So I, tourism's been a client of mine for years, and and I, and I got lucky during Haley's tenure to go to these events, whatever Mississippi Grammys, and I wasn't working for him. Everybody's right. working for him is running around, right? And so I'd be the guy that would be sitting backstage with him, and he'd be like, "You want to have a drink? Yeah." Oh yeah, and the guy—that's a fun guy. And yes, folks, we are to, drinking during this podcast. You're all right, damn right, we are. That's a fun My guy rules. to have. A, no rules <laughs> to have a bourbon with. Um, but yeah, I imagine. Funny, I you, imagine you, so. Oh man, he's—you uh, can tell why. Who else would you like to have a drink with? Um. Oh gosh, uh, like that's living, that's currently living, or not. Not Winston Churchill. Living first. Okay, living first. Let's not crowd the field. All right, let me think. Politician, actor, CEO, um, Ron DeSantis. Okay, I could see that. Is one that comes to mind. There's not a, another politician that I'm respect enough right now that I can think of out there. Um, CEO. Oh, all right, let's think coach. Who would I love to have a, a bourbon with? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. I think he'd be a neat guy to have a long dinner full of drinks with. Um, guys prob- got a lot of Orgeron bite would in probably him. have you in stitches. Oh, I don't think there's... Now, I've hung out with, with Eddie O a little bit, but Eddie O would be... You're right. He'd be a ride, man. I mean, he'd have you... That's, he'd be a ride. Well, except he can't drink now, so... <laughs> well... Um, no, he's a recovering, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um... I'm trying to think who else. Leach would probably be pretty fun, too. Oh, yeah. I've had drinks with Leach. I bet you. He is. I mean, he's got what? Wide he, open. He's what, got a law degree. He's got Pepperdine. What, yeah, Pepperdine. And you look at that campus, and, he, you know, he must wish they had a football, a real football team. But he went to BYU undergrad. The, where he got the whole thing was, you remember when oh you and gosh, I were going from Lavelle Edwards. Going from, yeah, going from BYU to Pepperdine. I bet he was thinking, freedom. It's like the first time I saw the Grove on game day. Yeah. It's like, whoa, yeah. where did all this come from? You yeah, from, from up there in Utah to the West Coast. Um, I was thinking about one other guy as far as in sports. Yeah. Um, Pat Riley. Yeah. What a dude. I could see it. What a dude. I could see it. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. What about dead? A lot. Winston, Winston Churchill, without uh-huh. a doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I became a Churchill freak. Um, oh, you ever read any of his books? I have. I've read thousands. I was, I was, I, I majored in the minor in college until grad school. I majored in history. His, so I got uh, obsessed with I've got, I've got all of his books, and his style of writing, the language, the prose he uses is just phenomenal. It's real. It really is. One time, I got his history of World War II. I think it's a five volume yeah. set, and you can get them on eBay, and they were worth, folks, worth putting in your library. Trust me. Yes. And I had to play Dirty Santa. We had we had a Dirty Santa. I was participating in so. That's what I brought for my gift, and let me tell you. And there was allowed a couple of – you could steal a gift twice. That by the time we got to the eighth or ninth person, that gift was off the table. I mean, it got stolen back. I think Brad Harbor actually wound up you with must, it. You must have been with some smart – because, see, I would think, like, bourbon would be would be the – That the was in the game, too, and it got stolen, but – Here's what's cool. You know this. There were a couple Churchill. of people who knew exactly what that was, like, give me that. And we can use this analogy with sports people, um, yeah. Kingfish, but you know what he went through in the 20s and 30s? Yeah. To go from power to the back bench and then back. Uh, and then there's this little, disa- and and there's this little disaster when World War One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, he, he got disgraced and, and, and he got thrown to the wolves. 
He did and earn it. He earned it. No doubt. And and so on. But then to rot, to to stay in the game. Yeah. And to be there in the end, right? Yeah. And to come back to power and prominence. But my point is, you know, you know this from reading about him. Mm-hmm. He loved big long dinners with oh, brandy yes. oh, and yes. wine. And of course he loved Johnny Walker Red and Johnny Don't Walker Black. Cigars. Yeah, and I love cigars. We have we have great clients and partners throughout the uh, the state, I mean, we've mm-hmm. had people with cigar aficionado on, but the point is, um, I would love to sit down and have some beverages with Winston <laughs> Churchill. Oh yeah. Um, JFK, um, Ronald Reagan. I mean, those are guys that you would just sit there and go, I would love to go. have how he's, he just died, but Edwin Edwards, you just Louisiana know. politics, you baby. Just know. He could discuss a lot of stuff. No doubt. It's like Haley, no doubt. Um, but that guy, sharp as hell, corrupt as hell, which no would make doubt. it, which would make it so much fun. Like the Daly family in Chicago. Yeah, I mean that's Holy what hell. that's what would make it so much fun. Yeah, I I'm mean, a political nerd. I, I mean, living I politicians today. I mean, I'm going to pick one off that nobody would ever figure me for. Willie Brown from California. Yeah, that would probably fun as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably also like to sit down. You with just know. Pence, just for him yeah. to tell me stories about what it was like to work with Trump. I mean, those are I things doubt, that you sure. I don't think does Pence even drink. Oh, that's a good point. I, I don't. I know. bet you he don't. And I, I'm not sure Trump does either. No, Trump does not drink. He doesn't. Interesting. I, I read that book with. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd he heard. Did with I'd, I'd heard that. I'd heard that he doesn't Can't remember the name of it. But uh, now another one, mm-hmm. Putin. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to. That'd be that'd be wild. I would just make sure I had my own people around me. No doubt, I wouldn't trust him if I was I drunk. And I have no doubt he would drink me under the table. Yes. I have no doubt yeah. whatsoever. Ice cold vodka, huh? I mean, just game on. I su- I suspect it wouldn't matter what the alcohol Burgundy, was. Burgundy vino. I have no doubt whatsoever. Uh, French Bordeaux from forty years ago. So explain or the y'all 50. lifestyle. What exactly you market it? You yeah. tout it. Yep. What is the y'all um, lifestyle? All right. I'm glad you asked. All right. So here's what we did, Kingfish. When we started the show, we started talking about what do you do around the game? You drink mm-hmm. and eat. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple, right? And I was the first one to start talking about. Uh, I mean, I'd been tailgating in the Grove, and I'd done this, that. But the point was. When you're with your buddies at the house or you're at a dive bar or whatever, you're having a beverage, you're enjoying, you're smashing some cheeseburger, French dip, yeah. shrimp po' boy. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's our entertainment piece mm-hmm. of the Out of Bounds show, Kingfish. Okay. What I mean by that is we have a very simple tagline, mm-hmm. celebrating the best of Southern culture through food, drink, and travel. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't care if it's CS's on a Saturday when you're hungover and you want to get a cold Coors Light and smash a cheeseburger or a Howlin' Mouse cup of gumbo or, or something. That fit. These are places I, I grew up in Bellhaven. So I mm-hmm. got the best of the best in Jackson before it expanded. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in 19, back in the eighties, Kingfish, we didn't, we didn't have suburbs of Madison and Rankin no. County. Okay. And hell, you couldn't get booze out here anyway, where you and I are sitting. No. And, and so, you know, it, again, it was a rustic and rural time. So the y'all lifestyle is our entertainment piece. And when we go to Tito's Vodka or 
Four Roses Bourbon mm-hmm. or Turquoise Place in Orange Beach or one of our casinos or any of those, they like the entertainment piece mm-hmm. because what do we do around sports? We celebrate food and beverage. Sure. I don't care if you drink Dr. Pepper, but you love that French dip mm-hmm. or these onion rings from the Mayflower, whatever it is your thing is. Right. That is very simple where the y'all lifestyle came from. It's the back patio putting on a big ass ribeye, mm-hmm. pouring your bourbon or your what are you, what sweet are your, tea and choice. What are your favorites? Uh, favorite what? Bourbons? Well, or? The y'all lifestyle period. I mean, your foods, bourbons, drinks, whatever. All right. Well, I, I'm all about local restaurants. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I grew up on the wonderful restaurants in the Jackson area at that time. Such as? Like the Mayflower, like Helen Mao's, like uh, CS's, like uh, Shapley's owned, opened up in 1985, now mm-hmm. spun off Kessler Prime. Um, there are Fisherman's Wharf was considered a, a, a fantastic restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember restaurant Bill's Greek Tavern down McWillie. Okay, um, went there a couple of times and it was really good. Yes, it, it well, it, and it's we're more of a super local divey place that usually mm-hmm. has a picture of the family on the wall. Yeah, or, and multiple pictures of a family on the wall. Um, so those are the places. I'll pick on Julie Kessler sometimes. Say so you need to have a vanity wall with pictures. She's sweet. Oh my gosh, you want to see her erupt? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've done. Look, Scott. No. And Julie have done Phenomenal. an amazing job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing job at Kessler. And so and, and they are killing and look, those, those, some of the other restaurants. Demo- oh. Nice well, ones. Think about how lucky we are. Scott Kessler. Yeah. Derek Emerson. Yeah. Jeff Good. Mm-hmm. Louis LaRose. And the list goes. But on. who's coming up behind them? That's what I worry about. Who's coming up behind him, though? Well, that's a great question. These guys are all like in their 50s now. Well, late 40s. Lewis didn't, but everybody else is. 50s. Right, right. Who's coming um, up behind them? Uh, I don't know. That's one reason and, and I And you have to hope that there's more culinary talent coming. Um, yeah, you that's, know, that's one thing I'm hearing from of all of them, like which is saltines. the pool is starting Wonderful. to dry up. You're not seeing a generation really come up. Yeah. trying to learn this, getting into it. Um, it's gotten harder in the whole industry in this town, not just because of COVID, but to hire people, period. They were seeing it this has. Before, but, co- before COVID. But the, it, will, it, will, it will work itself out. It's just going to take some time. Mm-hmm. But you are right. Um, COVID, uh, you know, obviously uh, self-inflicted, but we, you know, the, the labor base, it's been a pain in the ass. A lot of these guys are my clients, okay? Yeah. And so I've, I've heard from them mm-hmm. how damn difficult it has been. And I was hearing this before the pandemic. But I grew, up, I grew yeah. up bartending. I mean, it's what yeah. put me through college, and it's a big where'd part you, of my where'd life. Where would you bartend? Shapley slash Kessler Prime. Okay. Okay, and also Nick's. When Nick's was on Lakeland, I don't know if you remember that. Before Nick My grandfather would actually to, take me to over on Highway 80 when I was like this tall. To Chrishell's? No. Paul's. Yeah. Paul's was actually Nick Apostle's dad. I didn't didn't know it until a few years ago that was Nick's dad, but you know legend. Tall, thin, balding kind of gray hair yeah. on the sides. Yeah. And you know he was always joking about, Yeah, we just got another one of my family off the boat. We put him to work. Absolutely. I mean, but he was that work he's the one who amazing. built the whole apostle thing. And hey, then look, Nick's Nick came and started his own. What Nick did on Lakeland? Yeah. Was amazing. I yeah. bartended there. Yeah. I lied. I told him I had experience. I didn't. But I needed a job. He figured I, it out. I was 21. 
Um, Pasquale's around Meadowbrook. Yeah. Was unbelievable. You know, so there's all these places. Mm -hmm. Man, when Kiefer's opened in the 80s, Kingfish, it was like a gyro. I mean, can you imagine how many different ways everybody pronounced it in Mississippi at that point? Yeah, but, you know, I I used to do, I ran out of matchbooks, but I used to do this feature on my site called Matchbook Monday, and I would go get, I had a lot of listeners, readers, duh, you know, send me their matchbooks. And it started when Connie Cochran, that was Nielsen's wife, and she was to the point where she's cleaning out stuff, and he had apparently collected all these matchbooks over the years, and he had like this big old, big old bowl of them. She told me she's going to throw them. I said, no, give them to me. I like to see them. So she gives them to me, and it was a whole ton of local. So I just start doing... Sundancer? Oh, yeah. And so I start doing uh, Matchbook Monday. I put up three or four matchbooks. Dinners. If I could find old articles and ads of them, and I mean like the Pappas family, for example, the Grillas families, they oh, they would like open up a restaurant for 5, 10, 12 years and close it down, open up another one, call it a different name. I mean, they're always over on Capitol and Lamar Street, yeah. those areas, but they would always sit there. The Elite? Well, yeah, and you remember you had the Lamar Grill at one yeah. time over by the Planetarium, sure. but that was like several incarnations there, and so to put that up, there was just interesting history because to me, the matchbooks were just, it's a nice, cheap, That's so cool. cheap way of just re- doing history. It really is. No doubt. And then I got to where I'd start going on eBay and looking for them. I'd find them on eBay and buy them, started buying them. And so I pretty much run out of all the matchbooks you can find for restaurants here. There's a couple I'd love to get my hands on. But for the most part, I think I've pretty much gone through them all. But it was really just walking back and seeing all these places. Then you go and look in the old newspapers and see their ads and stuff. And they kind of start coming to life a little bit. Yeah. But it was amazing how many, I mean, the Greeks just owned this town. Hell yeah, they did. And I got a friend of mine. First of all, recipes, amazing recipes and unbelievable work ethic. Yeah. And they bring in family and... You know, I worry because the owner of Mayflower, he's getting older. I know. And I don't see any. And that I know was, his son, but I don't know what he's doing. And that doing. was what I think the elite ran into was, I forget his, I forget how to pronounce his last name, but when he passed away, like, he was like 96. Mm. You know, it wasn't his direct kids who got it. It was someone else in the family who got it, and they just didn't have that same, they were kind of stuck with it. it was you got to have that tenacity. They, it was that same, that passion wasn't yeah. there the whole nine yards. And you could tell, I'm not going to criticized them when they were kind of stuck with it in the first place, but the passion wasn't there. It wasn't in the blood. So it it just kind of ran its course and shut down. It needed some real reinvigorating and they just weren't the people for it. I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't blame them for it. Well, you like, it wasn't their thing. Well, is Chrishell's, you know, can it, I don't even know what the deal is with it right now, but my point is, can it, can it pass ownership? That's why the Brennans are so amazing. Sure. Because the Brennans, I mean, they have made it work for several generations now. And Lord Ella Brennan would push her kids out the nest and say, no, you go work somewhere else. You're not going to work here. You're not going to. And they would go work somewhere else and come back. Mom, I want to work here. You know, okay, fine. And so they've just, they've made it work, but they're the exceptions. Usually once you get past that first or second generation, boom, that's it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just strictly amazing. Um, And seeing, what's been interesting, though, is seeing... How they've all reacted to COVID. Yeah. I mean, some, you know, they, I know some restaurants, we won't name names, but I know some restaurants, restaurant owners, they actually made more money in 20 than they did in 19. They just sat back, rolled up their sleeves. Let's see how we can make this work. And they did make it work. I mean, like you went over to what Krilakis on the weekends, 
in Ridgeland. And Saturday, Friday nights, there'd be a line of cars waiting sure. for tickets. A long line of cars. Well, people are only going to stay, like, uh, well, <laughs> most people are only going to stay in their house so long. Yeah. I don't care what Dobbs says. We're not going to do it. Yeah, and under state law, you know, Dobbs could have deputized them. Say he could have gone to Crystal Springs and deputized either the deputies in that county or the Crystal Springs PD and yeah. said, we're going to enforce my edicts here. That wouldn't and, have worked, and if he'd have done that, law. you'd have had a lot of law enforcement telling him, no, no, we're not. Right. Good luck. Go to court. No, you went and got an order. Now go enforce it. Who do you think is going to enforce it? Your order. We are. Guess what? We're not. Sure. I mean, that's the kind of resistance I really think. And here in some of these other I, states, you I, I would have had. I asked him to come on my show. Um, Wasn't going to do it. No. Their press conferences, when they do have them, it's very cute the way they've done it on. They'll do it Zoom only. When this pandemic first started, they'd say, okay, limited number can come here. And it was for everybody would space out, and he would be there at the um, head of the um, table. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and UMC, UMC has you come to their auditorium and you have to wear a mask, you social distance. Okay, fine. But here's the thing. You can at least ask questions and ask follow-up. See, that's the key is the follow-up. Sure. You're, you ask this question. Now, based on what you say, I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah. But the way they did it, it, I was, do it, every it morning. was Zoom only. And you had to use the chat feature to ask a question. Well, damn. I mean, because they've sent up email you know, an invitation out to the whole media you're not just with the locals you've also got nbc new york you've got you know cnn you've got all these national reporters who are who are on the call too so you submit your question and they take on the chat it might be 15 20 minutes later when you finally get they finally can even see your next question yeah because they've had to work through all those and so they basically it, it's really cute how it helps them avoid follow-ups it's Oh, yeah. They can say, oh, we're being open, but no, they're really not. Um, say on the COVID track, how do you think that affected sports in Mississippi the last two years? What's been your biggest opinion about What's your opinion about that? Well, I think that uh, Mississippi handled it well because we, well, in the SEC and high school sports. Yeah, let's take they the got high school. Uh, well, High school obviously shut down in March and mm -hmm. canceled March, April, May mm -hmm. of that year, but mm -hmm. got right back into it a couple months later that summer. I'm living that because and my pulled kids it off are in for the school. most part. Not only pulled it off, yeah. but did an amazing job. Yeah, the MHSAA and the MAIS did an absolute, along with the Southeastern Conference and the NFL. Um, let's stick to high school. Let, yeah, they did a great job. I don't think they get enough credit. I cannot agree with you more. I mean, I, I had on my site. I thought it was so cool. Well, first of all, mm -hmm. my heart goes out now knowing what we know, Kingfish, yeah. that we canceled in the first place. All right? Yeah. Uh, we knew by April of canceling in March mm -hmm. that this thing was, you know, 99.8% or whatever survival. Uh, but nobody wanted to tell you that. And the, it, it the wasn't, it wasn't just that, but all, not, for, not just that, but. Follow the science. Well, the science. There was no science. The, well, so anybody who yes said and that. no. Well, this, they were looking at it critically. And what I mean by that is when you look in at In an abstract. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, outdoor activities, generally, you don't get this in outdoor activities no. for the most part. Really, uh, being stuck, say, in a field house sitting, or a gym sitting next to somebody, that's where you're more than likely to get it, not sitting in an outdoor stadium. And when you go, back, you. At, when you go back and look at what... You know, Fauci, Dobbs, everybody was basing their, oh, outdoors, we can't allow this. 
they were all based on this limited study over in Singapore that was at a construction site where everybody was in close contact with each other all day long. Yeah. It had it was Again. it really had no application to the real world, but yet they took this they shoveled crap a bunch of BS. and shoveled a bunch of BS. And next thing but, you know, I mean, show me how many people have gotten sick because of COVID because of outdoor sporting events. Well, and young people. Where's where's the super spreader events? Young people aren't at risk. But 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 here's the exactly. Deal. Um, high school sports kicked back in. It was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids, kids didn't lose anything. Um, and I just thought it showed an, a lot of amazing leadership mm-hmm. from people. They called the, help. Uh, hell yeah, they did. But you got, look, leader, oh, that's part Facebook. of being a leader. Oh my gosh. But uh, I, I think it's great. I mean, they literally played every championship. And the at, media at my kids school, they played every You get on these press conferences the with Dobbs and them, and Tate and most of the reporters, they're just asking flat out, why aren't we, basically, why aren't we doing lockdowns? Why aren't we shutting this down? Why are you allowing this? I mean, well, that's, very, some, that's some media cult. I don't know what it's it almost, is. It's almost, I would say, ab, what's called advocacy journalism. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it's nonsense. Well, and you sit through these press conferences, you don't get many actual critical questions. Of course you don't. It's just teeing up and, whoever. Exactly. And... But no, to answer your question, high school sports has been great, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that people, uh, boys and girls sports got to compete because that's what life's about. Yeah, and I don't give, I don't care if it's uh, golf, tennis, softball, or football, or, or well, baseball. it's good for them. And not to mention, let's let's be real here about COVID. This is a, if I'm going by the probabilities and classifications, the numbers and all that, this is really a killer of the obese. No question. And let's be honest, yeah. And we see too much obesity in this state. 40% of the state's obese. Right. And certain categories of certain ethnic groups and genders are over 50%. And what are these kids all doing? They're growing up on these darn phones, aren't getting out there and playing like they used to. In other words, so what we're going to do is we're going to cut back the physical activity on these kids, and that's the one thing that's probably going to when we actually need people healthier, we need them leaner. If you want to survive COVID, get lean. That's all there is right. to it, period. I mean, you get out in the sunlight. What's the sunlight doing? Generating vitamin D in your skin. Vitamin D is what? Improves your immune system, strengthens your immune system. And it's like we were trying to run the other way. I mean, I remember probably, I think you know, that you probably know this guy, but when all this got started, he lives over in Eastover, and he was freaking out on Facebook because he saw a bunch of kids riding their bicycles in a pack. Oh, my fucking gosh. Did he really? Oh, yes. And here came riding all the, fond- and here came all the Fonder Knights and Bellhaven Knights just chiming in. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm like, really, you fucking idiots. Pardon my, no, don't pardon my I French because I meant it. I didn't see that, but, but we didn't miss it. Look, I'll tell you when we're off mic. By May, we were at the beach. Exactly. Of 2020. Yeah. Um. And we we, now, know, we we did ten days in Orange. If you got a bunch of drunk kids 30, together bumping and grinding, staring at their faces all but day, they're, but they're they're not at that any ain't risk. happening, right? They're at more risk of other things of getting hurt at that at those teenage years. Um, but for the most part, you're at the beach. Things. The families are basically to themselves, you know. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. But I mean, know. hell, we were going to restaurants and everything. I, anyway, everybody, exactly. to each its own. My, my my point was, you know, 
you, you should be able to make your own choice. But I was so glad that all the high school athletics and activities Kingfish got kicked back up that summer of 2020. Oh, and you you read about the su- the, no, I know. the rise of number of suicides in other states. They I- will never report it, but what is going to happen as far as young people, my kids' age, mm-hmm. on the east and west coast is going to be It's been reported. horrifying. It's go- it's been reported. And, but I'm so ble- we're blessed, uh, their friends are blessed and they've had a fun high school experience. Well, because leaders lead. Uh Posted a ProPublica Others, yeah. article on my website seven, eight months ago. And ProPublica's, or at least nonprofit media companies, and I'll disagree with some of their works, and some of them are is great. And sure. they usually write long, in-depth, thoroughly researched pieces. And this one was, a they went out, I think, California, I mean, Texas and California. Uh, this two towns on, on the border with each state. And one of them, I think it was Texas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Texas. You know, they were allowed to go full blast. Yeah. And so they were having their football games, the whole nine yards. And the adjacent town in the next state, I think it was, uh, I think it was um, New Mexico. Okay. Because yeah, you know, Texas was one of the states that had to be New Mexico. And talk, this kid. I mean, he was a quarterback on the team. He was their star, the whole nine yards. And they just weren't allowed to play, and they had several false starts where they were going to start, and the authorities would freak out because there was a COVID case somewhere, and we got to shut it down, the whole nine yards. Eventually, he killed himself, and the story was about that. Oh, yeah, no. and how many times they get that, that get repeated over and over. I don't even want to think about it. We don't want to think about it, but it needs to be talked no, about I'm because with I'm with you. You know, I'm probably going to hit – I'm about to hit the health department with – how many suicides did we have last year compared to the year before mm-hmm. and the year before that right. by age and all that. And I tried to do it last year and they said, Oh, we don't compile that until October, blah, blah, blah. We are always far behind on negative data collecting. We always are. Well, I would have to believe that they don't want to share those numbers and there's a reason and you know why that is. But yeah. look, I'm so ex- I, I, the flyover States mm-hmm. did a great job and we all got to live our life uh, for the most part or it makes, make a choice. How about mm-hmm. that? If you want to stay at home, great. Yeah. I, I chose not to. But, um, I mean, I've traveled. I've flown. I've, I've been in, I don't know, nine states, whatever. Hotels, all that. And um, that was just my yeah, this, this, that was just this is my the y'all lifestyle. decision. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Um, I've been in big. I've been in big sporting events and yeah. on airplanes. And I think a lot of your listeners on Jackson. What's, your, what's your favorite sport to watch? To watch, yeah, you just you just want to be a fan and just. When watch. I was growing up, it was basketball. Okay, in the eighties, basketball, NBA, and who college are, who was are unbelievable. Your teams? Okay, so um, I was obsessed with. I got to go to the Final Four when I was a kid. New and, Orleans, yes, Jordan. No, I got to go with. I, I wish I got to go with when it was Indiana, Syracuse, UNLV, and Providence. So that was Tart the Shark, who I obsessed over at UNLV. Jim Beheim at Syracuse, Rick Pitino at Providence, mm-hmm. and Bobby Knight at Indiana. Oh wow! Um, I got to go to SEC. A, That's a the year of, that we missed the free throws against Indiana. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Dale had some some damn good teams with Ricky Blanton and, and other guys. But, I'm going to give you a little secret about Dale Brown. His best teams. You want to guess who one of his assistant coaches was? Bob Boyd. No. Who? Better. Hold on. He's only there two or three years. Uh, I don't know. Tex. Winter. The man, the myth, the legend? With Phil Jackson? Fucking A. 
Wow. Look. I did not realize that. The year they had the chicken pox and went to the final four, yeah. Tex Winter was on assistant on the team. And I'm considering hey. Dale never really came up with any coaching innovations on his own. Hell no. I suspect Hell of a that, motivator and I recruiter. suspect that freak defense was Tex Winter. No, I, in 1986, when Dale did. Right, and they I, almost got there the next year. This one I'm talking about, they got to the regional final and they would have won it. They hadn't missed two free throws at the end of the game against Indiana. But Tex was the coach on that team, too. You look at Dale's best years, aside from that first Final Four trip, Tex Winter was the assistant coach. I did not realize that, and I'm glad And believe you told me, me, if he'd have been there when they had Shaquille and Chris Jackson and oh, all those hell. guys, oh, Tex Winter would have. Stanley Roberts? Well, you saw what Tex did with Shaquille and the pros. Right. So, so in 86, when the SEC tournament that year was in Atlanta, and Dale went on his whole – I'm not sleeping the whole weekend. Yeah. And he eventually played Alabama in the in the finals and lost. But it was so you know, he was such a character. I think Tex was on that team too. Okay. I was a kid. I loved it. So to answer your question And by the way, Tex folks is the guy at Phil Jackson, Chicago, who came up with the triangle offense. Absolutely. So that's who we're talking about here. This Freak. really is the genius behind the throne. No, no question. Um, but as far as what I love to watch now, it's football. Mm-hmm. It's so Pro good on TV. Um, I love both. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed, but I, I watch, I watch college from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. on yeah, Saturday. That's me. Now, on Sundays, if 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 I'm not locked into Dak and the Cowboys, I'm watching the Red Zone. Mm-hmm. The Red Zone is on, and it's just it's I'm I'm ADD, mm-hmm. and it's perfect for me because they're bouncing around games, yeah. and it just keeps me. Engaged now. If there's a if there's a hell of a quarterback playing on a real mm-hmm. game, and he's if Aaron Rodgers is rolling, I can stay with that game. All right. Mm-hmm. When Who, Drew was playing, who's impressing you this year? Um, the New England Patriots are are just ridiculous considering they're nine and four with Mac Jones, a rookie, and they only threw three passes last night to beat the Buffalo Bills on the road. Tampa Bay's blowing me away because Brady's sixty seven years old. Oh wait, only three passes. They, they threw three. The New England Patriots attempted three passes last night, completing two, and beat the Buffalo Bills, who are a damn good football team, on Monday Night Football. So, sounds like the old Cleveland Browns. Exactly. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, when the Browns, before the AFL, there was another conference called the All America Football Conference, and there are four NFL teams from that. Who is it? Them, the Colts? I think the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. I think the 49ers. Okay. One of them. Okay. Or one of the teams eventually became the 49 But I think that was it. Okay. But there's four teams that are from, and it may have been the Cardinals. I'm not sure. No, they were Chicago Cardinals first. So, but no, there's four teams from there. But, the yeah, the Colts came from there. And the Browns. And the Browns won every – they won all four titles they had. But when well, the they Browns came, were on a roll. In the yeah, and they came 50s, in. Otto Graham was their quarterback. Yeah. This is before. Jim Brown. This is before then. Okay. This is like the late the the fifties, oh, early forties gotcha. and fifties. Okay. This is when back when Norm before Van Brown. Brocklin was quarterback in the Rams. Okay. And right. so they came in there, and it was primarily run oriented offenses back then. You had some exceptions sure. like Sammy Ball, but for the most part, it was man. Think yeah. what Sammy Ball would do in today's offenses. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh! Can you see Uninas in today's offenses? Uninas would kill. They're or, still or, breaking or, his record. Or go to the eighties, Dan Fouts. Oh, Dan, oh, yeah, Dan Fouts, say, but Unitas and t- with his arm and today's offense no and his brains. Warren Moon. Oh, sh- 
Well, you were getting starting to get those numbers out of him back freak. then. CFL, you're really getting those numbers out. No of doubt. But, but I, said, I'm with you. But on. having said that, though, so they when he and so when they came to the league, first few games, they're kicking everybody's ass. The Browns are. Remember, this is Paul Brown, one of the greatest football minds ever, is the coach, and a lot of what you. I mean, I think Bill Walsh was one of his disciples, and when he, so he got tired of hearing the oh they're a basketball team because they pass so much. That was the mindset. So and they were playing the Eagles and the Eagles coach had been the main one saying that call him a basketball basically your pussy football team is what you are because you won't man up and play real football i mean that's was the mindset you know right. woody hayes three yards cloud of dust don't pass sure two or three things sure. can happen they're bad he turns around and the next game against the eagles he didn't throw a single pass they kept it on the ground the whole game beat him 35 to nothing damn <laughs> Damn. This was like Michael Jordan saying, I'm going to take your game, play it your way, and I'm going to kick your ass from one end of the court to the other and back doing it yeah. and make you like it. Yeah. And that's what they did. And nobody made remarks about them passing the football. And then, of course, everybody started adapting, and you start seeing offenses open up. But what some of those quarterbacks in today's offenses and rules, I mean, some of these – I mean, and Archie Manning, think of the beating he took back then. I know. I remember. Huh? Well – I caught it yeah, about 1980, 81 before he went to he was, uh, 70s. Minnesota. He was taking, if you go watch YouTube, I mean, he was uh, taking a beating. Brutal. I mean, brutal. back then you could actually sell players for cash. So Meekum being the, he likes ROI, right? So best way to get off the Saints is become a good player. Because Meekum would trade you, would sell you. Terrible. So, I mean, if you ever talk to the Mannings, just get them to see if they'll talk to you about some of the beatings that Archie took. Oh, I've, I know about, I've, Interviewed Archie and Eli. Um, what do they say? Oh, I mean, I've I've heard the stories from Archie for for years. What was, what was one of them about, or how bad it was? Well, I mean, they 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 drafted a punter in nineteen seventy eight or Russell Erksleben. Yep, we have the Erksleben Award of Excellence out of Texas Tech. I I know that he was a first round pick, and I just can't imagine what Arch, he Archie was about seven years in. To his tenure with the he Saints, he needed a lineman. He needed exactly. he needed a Willie Rofe. Out. We we need an offensive lineman, and he needed a Willie Rofe. Yeah, bad. Yeah, and he just. <laughs> Can you imagine? Once that news got to him, because there were only landlines in the late seventies, that the Saints had drafted a freaking punter, and that's why I didn't mind Archie telling Pate. You know, pay or no, Eli. We're not, or who? Which was was it? Eli. E- Eli. We're not going to the. Chargers, we're not going we're here. Giants. We're not going to a crap franchise. I got my ass beat, pounded to the ground for years. I got nothing to show for it. We need to go somewhere. We need to go somewhere else. And Elway, kind. I don't blame these guys coming yeah, out for Elway not. Elway the same way. Well, because I saw it with Burrow last Instead year. Of Colts, Burrow last year. He comes to a team that had no receivers. Right. Had no line. Right. And that poor guy last year took a beating. Yeah. I mean, like I said, go on YouTube and just watch some of them. I mean, that poor guy. Yeah. So I don't, I don't blame them for saying because, like the Bengals, for example, they don't have. I don't think they have an indoor practice facility still. Really? Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, look at, I, mean you, I mean, I think Ole Miss didn't have one until a few years ago, right? Ole Miss built theirs in like a uh, one. Was it one of the state schools didn't have one until recently? Who was it? Was it state? No, state had one in the late, uh, not a full, but a uh, half 
of a football field by 78. Ole Miss did not. They rolled theirs out no one. State rebuilt theirs uh-huh. a new one. Uh-huh. And um, I think they opened it in 2013. A new full right. deal. What surprised you in sports this year? What surprised me in sports this year? Mm-hmm. Um, Mississippi State won the national championship in baseball. That surprised you, huh? Well, after all these years of, of them coming up short, yeah, that was a big deal. Um, as far as in the state of Mississippi. I remember okay. when Polk, yeah, when they hired um, Cohen. Cohen, yeah. How, man, was that a tantrum or what? He yeah. just, I'm never supporting this program. Well, Y'all can do it, Joe. I mean, well, I, I went and branded again this year. It was just too, it was too good to pass up. Yeah. Um, it's like, let it go. The fact that the SEC was down, but still got two teams in the playoff. Um, and the fact that Bama didn't look great, but didn't look bad. I mean, they looked good. Yeah. But it looks like they're going to win it again. Well, they only lost to Texas A&M and, by a field goal in NFL, overtime. I I'll mean, say the Kansas City Chiefs. They not could have been well. very. Well, there's a reason for that though. But the um, but Bama, there's a reason. Wait, let me backtrack. They only lost to A&M by three. Right. In overtime, right. they could have, they could easily, be undefeated too. I'm with you. Our, our, and I th- our expectations for them are so and that's out of whack. Saban, one time, when he was at you know where he does the tour they come to the country club over here and some clown of a fan hey coach when are we going to win the national championship this is like oh two or so oh three actually oh three believe it or not and man there's one there's one thing you don't want to experience directed at you is the Saban stare i mean it just burns holes and stuff it's like pure acid and he just look at that guy for a minute and then you it was a, he gave a five minute lecture where he just went off about unrealistic realistic expectations from fans blah 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 this was rat poison on steroids okay and he just let him have it oh and don't ever let your phone go off during when this talks around Saban because he will light into you I bet I bet I mean I'm you know I'm not surprised I mean look at how they recruit the pro the thing is when you recruit four and five stars yes they have their bumps but eventually those kids start growing up Sometimes they start growing up in the middle of a game when the pressure's put on them. It's always fun to see. I think that's what you saw. Plus, while Georgia was kicking everybody's ass over here all year long, yes, Bama looked like crap against Auburn and LSU and Arkansas. And, you know, but those teams had something to do with it, too. I mean, look at how LSU recruits. Look at how Auburn, you know. They faced a a little adversity. They were having to dig in themselves and fight. And and Georgia didn't. And you trust yourself. You say, all right, we've been here. We can do this, you know. We won last week doing this. We won the week before doing this, you know. We can get this. Damn it, I'm back to saying you know again. Sorry, it's a habit I'm trying to break, folks. You got to learn to make jokes at yourself. That's how you get through life. So... They've been, they're battle hardened, basically. And so they get into the, okay, we're down 10 nothing. Yeah. We're down, uh, fuck it. We were down 10 nothing last week. Yeah. Okay. And that was in the fourth quarter. And Georgia, no, there's something to that. Georgia blew everybody out. Bama ended up, uh, like you said, um, and Georgia didn't blitz. Adversity. Well, they, they did and they didn't, and they didn't effectively. No, you go watch the. But couple. also, Bama did a great job with tempo. 
Oh yeah, and not allowing um, Georgia to substitute like they wanted to. And you know, it's like in boxing, there's always that fighter that gives you grief. No matter like Ali could not handle Ken Norton. You know, Norton couldn't handle Foreman. Hell, right. Frazier couldn't handle Foreman. <laughs> but there's always that boxer like Tyson couldn't handle Holyfield. Right. Or real boxers. You know, Bear had prob- never could beat the general. Neyland always, and Bear would say, look, we'd even, I'd even paint the tackling dummies orange that week of the game. I don't, you know, and Neyland would just kick his ass every year. I mean, there's always that coach that always gives sure. you some problems, that sure. team that always does. Yeah. And for, for uh, Kirby, that's Saban. I mean, those guys just had to be deflated after last time. Like, what do we do? They'll play again, I think. Can't oh, wait. I think they're – yeah, but – see, and this is where I come back to the one thing about Kirby's teams over the years is at Georgia, they are not always mentally tough. And that's why I would not be surprised by an upset by Michigan. I'd be surprised. If I'm betting right happen. now, I'm betting on Georgia. They yeah. should win the game. You look at the talent level, et cetera. But could I – but, you know, they do have their weaknesses. Do they correct them? Do they do something about them? they got a month to go. I don't know. But Harbaugh's no dummy either. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, mean I mean, I don't know. Going back to college football, there's one thing I meant to ask you about. And this is the first real year of the transfer portal. And it's been a huge game changer in a lot of ways. What's your opinion about it? Um, I think that we're still learning a lot about it, Kingfish. I oh, think yeah. for some players it works. They transfer and they get to play more and they find a better spot. And for some, they transfer and they still don't play. And that's mm-hmm. just part of life. Yeah. I mean, people transfer jobs all the time thinking it's I'm going to be better here when really it, they're thinking it's the company they're working for, not them. Same thing in college football. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these guys, I had, a, I had one really successful assistant SEC coach said, well, there's a reason why most of them are in the transfer portal. Yeah, and I, so think, I think this lot, this, look, we. I think this, a lot of times she's like a Joe Burrow who is talented, who just happens to be. He's an outlier. He's, he's, an, he's, he's an outlier. He's one in 1,000. Yeah. Or one in 10,000. Um, that's not going to happen, but every, you know, blue moon. And he does play the most important position on the field. So, you know, only one of those guys can play. So we may have some more And you may have three guys of equal ability. Transfer, yeah, go through the transfer portal and, and work out at that position. Right. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you're gonna, there's going to be more misses than hits. Mm-hmm. But that's all right. Gives kids the opportunity. I'm, I disagree somewhat. I mean, I think where you have the guy, the quarterback, who's been riding the pine for a couple of years and got really great quarterbacks on the team, and he's probably not going to see that unless there's a major injury happens, which does happen a lot. Right. Um, but the rest of him, I think the pressure is going to be, it's going to create a lot of irresponsible, unethical behavior. And I don't. I think it's going to corrupt. I don't mean among the players necessarily. I mean the coaches because now I got to go re-recruit my freaking team every damn year, every damn month. So this guy over here in the next state isn't trying to poach my players. Them with their NIL deals aren't trying to poach my players. I think there's got to be a balance between this transfer portal and the whole NIL thing because what I don't want is 
there is a reason they have that those transfer rules in the first place because they talk about pre-code Hollywood movies, okay, which are pretty good, by the way. But you go back and look at pre-whatever football, like 100 years ago or so, back in the 20s and 30s, where they didn't have the rules like they have now. There is a reason they put those rules into place because you did have a lot of poaching and buying off and all that kind of right. stuff. And, yes, you're talking about players like the NL deals. It's up front. It's bringing it above board. But this is going to encourage a lot of semi behavior. Or the players are like, you know what? I'm not. But there's get- already. I understand that, but I still still think you have to have some limits on it. There will. There's no you way to have to. It. There's nowhere to please. All right, first of all, just regular recruiting. Or limited to okay, when you're junior or senior, you can. But the first couple of years, you're. Yeah. I, I think there ought to be some limits. I don't. We agree. Oh, we, we, we we agree to disagree on this because you're going to have very unethical coaches, like I said, trying to come over and steal players from you. The majority are unethical. If, well, if I, I understand that. Consider, uh, there is there is it is blood in the water. Whether it's recruiting, I know. you know, high school seniors straight mm-hmm. out of high school. All these programs are doing whatever they can to get the. You notice I'm not against I'm not against some of these things like NIL and transfer. I want some reasonable rules or restrictions put in place to keep it from getting way too far out of hand. I'm sorry, I just do. In the NFL, you do have some rules because you also have players' unions, but you have rules on salaries, you have rules on hirings, firings. When you can talk to coaches, why you're trying to stop tampering? They're still tampering. There, yeah, but They're they still, still have some. Um, they still have they still have some rules. Uh, we disagree. Uh, law firms, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical I understand companies, that. technology companies, they tamper. I mean, oh. they, 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 they identify someone in another but, you company know, that they want, and they, they the, the do kid, everything they can the to kids, get them. You know, he's mad because he's got an attitude, and he's not playing because he does have an attitude because it affects his whole work ethic every and how yeah. he behaves in the game and, that, that and produces. And then he's sitting stuff, there, well, I'm going to go over here. That stuff will all shake out. I, I still think with the NL, you need to put a little bit of restrictions on it. Oh, Be- I think because, because it's so new. This is they, all uncharted. They, they they may they'll figure it out over the next few years. Uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you. I I think they need some restrictions. I wouldn't mind seeing moving back the signing date, for example. I wouldn't mind seeing okay a that. dead period on, say, when you can start hiring coaches in college football like you see in the NFL. I don't know how you would implement that, but I see where you're going. Yeah. The problem is you write, agents can do whatever they want. So I understand that, and I I'm okay with that. I don't know how you're going to keep Jimmy Sexton from getting into something by about October. I understand that. But as you as still you can't, cell phone you still can't a, fire the coach and all that phone. stuff until December. Right. Like the NFL does. I mean, it works fine for the NFL. There's yeah. a reason. And it gives a little bit of integrity, limits the corruption a little bit. Because I'm also looking at some of this from a corruption angle. You know, that's just that's just my angle. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, players already, seniors in high school are already getting paid. Left and right. I understand. And um, so, I'm not, for me... Um, it kind of is what it is, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get bogged down with it. It just maybe I'm immune to it. Well, we're about to wrap this up. Uh, what are some of the future trends you see in sports right now? Um, even more licensing deals mm-hmm. on uh, jerseys and helmets. Um, we're going to get like NASCAR. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh Lord. Yes. Boy, is that a sport that's kind of pissed it away or what? 
Well, they expanded too fast, and then the 2008 recession nailed them. But as far as sports trends, I think you'll continue to see people consume on their uh, screens. Yeah. And um, the new stadiums will continue to build club-level type experiences so that a group of guys can hang out. And, and you know, and also you're going to have um, in-stadium betting soon. You'll have mobile app betting. Um, we haven't scratched the surface on sports betting in America. It will look much like it does. Elaborate a little bit on that. Uh, well, right. It, 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 bring bring the in ins- bring number, the inside baseball to my listeners. What in any number of states, mm-hmm. you you can't bet on your phone. In this state, you can't legally, um, and so that's going to change. And I hope not. And well, I I'm all for. I, you're going to be able to be in the Superdome. Well, mm-hmm. look at what Caesars just rolled out. And it's now the Caesar Superdome, right? It's not the Mercedes-Benz Superdome anymore. I, I, I still say just Superdome. Yeah. I refuse. So, so it's the <laughs> Caesar Superdome. But what you're going to be able to do is mm. bet in-game. Right. So you'll be on an app. I don't care what it is. DraftKings, FanDuel, I get it. Caesars. And if, if, if they're going to the line of scrimmage and you want to bet run or pass. Micro betting almost. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the first quarter. You'll get another line. And they're already talking about that. Yeah, you can already do that. Okay. But you can't do it legally in every state. Right. And so what we're seeing is um, this is going to go to uh, an 80, 90, 100 plus billion dollar legally, annually, sports betting. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's going to be wild to see, um, you know, how it all plays I- out. I hope we don't legalize it in this state, and here's why. And I was all, and I'm all for legalizing sports betting itself, but the app part, and here's why. Because I like the way we did casinos. Because, and the thing that we did that was smart compared to, say, Louisiana. Louisiana made every mistake possible when it came to casinos. For example, only one in New Orleans. Man, the, Edwin Edwards was a was the coast's best fucking friend that ever lived because he de- he made the casino industry on the coast because I can't think of a city more natural as a home for casinos than New Orleans. Can you? Yeah. They had to build Vegas in the middle of nowhere. Right. But New Orleans is probably the most natural one. The French Quarter, I mean, it's made for casinos. Sure. And those idiots, they are so corrupt Let's just limit it to one. Of course, half the people involved went to jail, went to prison sure. for selling out. Of course, the dumbasses in their legislature a few years ago, hey, look at all the money they're going to pay us. Let's renew and we're getting this much out of Harris now. Well, how much more money would you knuckleheads have gotten if you'd have actually just opened up the damn market? Duh, right. stupid, stupid. You know, and so they built up. Now, here's where I'm going with this. They also, when we open our casinos, remember, all those river. We where we get them from first? Iowa, all those river boats, what they do? Pull anchor, come down here, set up camp because we were the first. But one of the few things we did right was taking care of the casinos back then. And our guys knew that we weren't going to be the only one doing this. Other states would see the money and say, hey, we can do this too. They didn't want what happened to Iowa to happen to Mississippi. So what did they do? They put in requirements for property tax, for for hotels, development. So what happens? You start getting hotels, developments, and Things like that. Look at the casino, the auditoriums you have in some of these places. You have concerts down. I mean, look at what um, the Choctaws have done, golf courses, sure. etc. I mean, resort. you've had 
what I'm saying is real economic development. Now let's look at the big picture. What does that mean? We're getting tax revenue. We're getting jobs. Heck, it saved Tunica for years. Vicksburg. What before was anybody going to Vicksburg besides Delta Point before? No, we weren't. We go to Vicksburg. Why? Because of those casinos. Right. Brings a lot of money in. I don't want that money going to the phone because it's not going to be the same thing because when we have these casinos and their hotels and their golf courses and all that stuff we've got jobs we got productive citizens i'm looking at the social cost too and i'm for casino gambling i'm for gambling i have no problem with it whatsoever hell the stock market is gambling yeah i mean when you really look at it sure risk reward bah. but my point is though we have real economic development when we start letting the technology come in i saw what happened in louisiana when they allowed video poker come in and they could put it in every truck stop every convenience store it turned into literally crack cocaine i like the gambling but i want it like you know like they said about drugs on the godfather i want it here we're going to do it this way keep it control we're not going to let it near schools i'm kind of the same way let's keep it here we have it in these areas we don't let it like you go to baton rouge you look at in the other towns in Louisiana with their riverboat casinos and how much money are they put into stuff around those casinos? None. I think both can survive. Do you see where I'm going with this? I I mean, and frankly, those they're designed to get money out of the poor people down there. The ones on the river, you know, care is a little bit different, but that's it. Well, you're right. That's why I'm not crazy about seeing it on the phones. Right. Well, it's coming. I know technology is technology. It's changing everything, but I'm not, I don't know if we should leave. I don't think we should legalize that. We don't have to legalize it and I understand technology finds ways around it, but I don't want the state getting out the, the pom poms going rah, rah, rah. Let's go with this. We're, I mean, we did have a nice lead on Louisiana on sports betting. Now, of course they've legalized it and we're going to still get some money, but it hasn't been the big money maker. We thought it would be, we're getting what a few million dollars a year or so off of it or not that much. Oh, I, I off don't, of, off I, of the I sports betting. Net, oh, you're talking about tax, right? Taxes, oh, right. okay. I know that the hasn't casinos been. have made an absolute fortune. Yes. Um, Absolutely they have. I'm which, talking about the state taxes. Well, I don't know. I know it's allowed them to, you know. But you're about to see ours reduced so. because Louisiana now is, is going to start doing it soon. Sure. And it's that's just competition. Absolutely. You know. Anything but else sports, you think we ought to talk about sports-wise or? No, I think we hit it, man. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. This is my first time to ever interview Mr. Bo Bounds. Thank you very much for coming on. I loved it. And we will talk to you guys next week. You've been listening to the Jambalaya with the Kingfish. Tune in next week for a new episode. This podcast is sponsored by Guns and Gear. Don't be that guy who shows up to the deer camp with a jammed up gun because it hasn't been cleaned. Guns and Gear in Gluckstadt has a full-service gunsmith on site who can clean, repair, or refurbish any gun. Guns and Gear offers barrel threading, custom gun builds, and Cerakote from single color to custom patterns that will transform your gun to look like it came right out of a movie. Give your gun new life. Guns and Gear, located on the corner of Yandale Road and Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. Follow them on Facebook for daily deals.